0: All right, John, we're recording. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Today I'm interviewing the manimal John Beneducci. The Manimal. Yeah, you got that right. Yeah. I don't I don't know if I ever met a manimal before, but you're you are a manimal. I've been following you for about two years, and you definitely fit whatever the definition is. (laughs) But just a little bit more background. John's a professional MMA fighter, he's a second degree black belt. And uh, you are the host of your own podcast called The Manimal Zone, which is very good, by the way. You've been doing it for a little bit now, and it's a lot of fun. You're an entertaining guy. So thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Thanks. I appreciate that. I mean, The Manimal Zone, some days I have more guests than listeners, but that's okay. Just getting started. Yeah. That I started doing. That's a pandemic project, really. I started doing it originally with my friend Kerry and my other Fighter training partner Steamroller. And that's a slow build. You know, I had came off another show that died because of the pandemic that had a big following. I was on MMA and Beyond, and me, Ray Longo, and we had a host, but the host wound up neither here nor there. It didn't work out. And that had like 50, 60,000 listeners. So I'm trying to build back up. Wait, had that die out?
0: Because the guy took off? Yeah. Yeah. He disappeared.
1: And I'm no nuts and bolts guy. So for me to run the nuts and bolts stuff. Yeah. It's been taking time. You know, look, you had a computer issue this morning. I need to get the sound right. So I'm 50 episodes in. Yeah. And I actually feel like now I'm starting to get a little groove. Yeah. So. Takes a while. Yeah. it, It takes a little bit. You know, it definitely takes a little bit. So that's fun. Then I'm in the middle of a 21 day challenge. Just trying to get back in shape to get in shape, which is what most of my guys.
0: Yeah. That's, with. that's when I reached out to you. I said, hey, why don't you come on and talk about the 21-day challenge? Because, um, like, everybody's doing these challenges now. I'm doing uh, my 10,000 swing uh, mace bell challenge. And then I started a 28-day no grains challenge. And then I I'm probably going to end up doing your 21-day challenge after I get done doing that. I don't know. What the hell? Just I, keep might rerun
1: it, I might rerun it a little cleaner in October. So okay. I did this just like for me. And not that I was in bad shape, but listen, okay, let me give you a quick background. I'm not a lifelong athlete. I didn't start training until I was already an adult. I think I was 19 or 20. I was already in college. I used to be really fat, like 265 pounds. So that's like always a part of me. And I can quickly gain weight and get out of shape. So I struggle a lot. Like no one in the gym is like, oh, Mademal such a great athlete. Maybe strong, good technique. But I don't think anyone's ever called me athletic. (laughs) So so I'm not like a lifelong athlete. So it's still a struggle for me. If I take a month off, like a shitty month, I'm not the 22-year-old kid I train with. I'm 40 now. Uh, Although at 40, I actually feel the best I've ever felt. Yeah. So crazy enough. And and pictures show it too. I was looking through some pictures of uh, when me and my wife first got together and we we're on vacation and my wife's sister used to train with me then. And she was like 119 pounds and like rip. And now she's not. But, uh, and I'm looking at it. I was like, wow. And I'm, and she's like, damn, we all got so old. And I was like, I don't know. I look good. She's like, fuck you. <laughs> I, was, I was like, and my wife does too. My wife is a teacher. She's 41 and someone thought she was a student. Oh, nice. I was school. So I was like, that's kind of hot. <laughs> yeah. I was like, but it might almost go the other way for me because I don't like uh, young girls. I prefer an older woman. I like them like 80-ish. Yeah, right. Maybe ready to die and leave me some money. That's <laughs> what I'm looking for. <laughs>
0: That's not the wrong So part. I
1: always struggle, Fred. So I always struggle with my fitness. Like yeah. I can get heavy real quick. Um, So I had had a very long layoff too. I, I started training when I was young. I became a professional fighter. I had four pro fights. I had a lot of amateur fights Oprah fights and then I had this shoulder reconstructed twice, and that kept me out for like 10 years. I cross it again, so it was tough to get back, back in, in shells a little bit, and then if you get knocked off, have to come back. And the 21-day thing is because usually before I start like let's say a camp, I need three weeks to get in shape, to get in shape. And I know a lot of my clients always say that they're like yo they're like I want to train with you but I gotta get in cheat first to train with you. And I was yeah, like right. that's the stupidest shit I ever heard. Yeah. So so I'm like what do you mean again you got to start training with me and I'll get you in cheat. Yeah but but they're right. So I was like okay. I was like well what's what are the guys saying like they need something that they know is like the precursor to yeah. what they actually want to do. And even though that's what I would do with them anyway I didn't call it that. I'm like, no, we just start. And I'm no, no, don't worry. I'll take you where you're at. But they don't understand that necessarily that I'm gonna do that. Yeah. So this is a good way for me to let people know like, I'm gonna take you, I'm gonna teach you to get in shape to get in shape. (laughs) So after we do these three weeks, like even my diet, like these this 21-day sprint is not super difficult. It like you don't realize how much bullshit you give yourself leeway with until you just put a little bit of quantification around it Uh, simple like track your diet listen i eat uh, i'm not gonna lie i fucking you know could eat a bagel Uh, i'm not doing no grain i'm not at that point yet yeah i'm just getting in shape to get in shape i'm not at the point where i need to cut my bagel out yet but i can still have my bagel and still lose 10 pounds in 21 days yeah yeah right And I still can go over my calories a little. Like people think they have to go so strict, so crazy. This is really just to bring someone into a a little bit better understanding of where they're at. Then they could take it and see, well, what do I want to do? Do I want to focus more on strength? Do I want to for me? That would be like, okay, do I want to do a camp for a fight? If if that's what I want to do. Or do I wanna let's say after three weeks, I don't know if I'm fighting again anytime soon. It's been crazy. Uh, they're trying to give short notice because they don't know what's going on. At first, they thought Bellator was picking on me by trying to throw me short notice fights, which they are, but they're giving everyone short notice fights apparently because it's just hard to plan out too far ahead for them, I think.
0: I, oh, yeah, they don't want to lay out the the resources, the time and every, and the money and then be shut down.
1: So they're doing like a month at a time. Yeah. So by the time they offer you a fight three weeks out, which is good for a kid, I just, yeah, I'm not willing. Not that I can't make 145 in three weeks. I could do whatever I want. I'm not willing to do that. I'm not willing to, to put my body through that at this point in my life. Because I, I also know, even taking a fight right now worries me because I need to be ready for the apocalypse. I'm in New York City. Things are crazy here. Who yeah. knows what's going to happen? So I would hate to have any kind of compromised body if shit hits the fan. Yeah. So I know that's kind of crazy, but I am crazy. But the problem with my crazy is that I'm often right.
0: Well, <laughs> so that's scary. I'm
1: crazy, not stupid. Yeah. yeah. Oh, please. Even like this pandemic shit, I remember sitting down in May of 2020 with one of my boys, and he's like, what's wrong? I was like, I'm worried. He's like, what are you worried about? I was like, I'm worried this shit's never going to end. He's like, stop, John. By the summer, we'll be fine. I'm like, no, we won't. Mm. I was like, it's gonna be September and we're still gonna be fucking with this. I was like, and then it's gonna be the vaccine and then a booster shot and then a fucking passport. He's like, you got a conspiracy theory about the conspiracy theory. I was like, no, I just I'm a student of history, right? I went for my master's in history at Brooklyn College and I have yes. a degree in I have a degree in forensic psychology as well, dealing with the criminally insane. And that degree just lets me know that everyone I'm looking at could easily be committed. Yes. So most of the people we follow and what you have to understand about psychopaths and sociopaths is they lie very easily. Right. And have no problem with that and no problem with doing it, whatever they have to do to get the things they want. And I think the people that, I would normally say govern our society, but now we kind of made them like rulers. Right. And I didn't know I had a king. So um, so now you put all these sociopaths at best. They're sociopaths. At worst, psychopaths, which most of them are. I agree. Uh, and sociopaths, the best of them are sociopaths. Yeah. That's like the best you can do out there. So whatever they have to do to get ahead, they will do. And, and regular people just are like, I would never do that. Of course you would never do that. That's why you are not there. Yeah. You're you're here looking. The reason you think they're trustworthy is because you would never do that. And that's why I believe in the essential goodness of regular people. Right. The problem is that regular people have a drawback to their essential goodness, the essential desire to please others, which is actually a terrible desire. Yeah. To please others. Because you never know what others really want as far as to please them. And I'll give you a great example of this. Are you married? Yes. Yeah. I don't fucking know what my wife wants half the time. (laughs) You know? Yeah. I don't even know what I want half the time. So the desire to please others. Right. So now I don't know what I want half the time. Now someone else, you're talking way less than half. And now I'm going to base my actions on trying to please you, who I don't even know what the fuck you actually want. But I think that this is what you want me to do, so I do. And this leads to a lot of problems. And me, I really, after a certain point in my life, have no chains on me, you know, my nickname. You said, like, the Well, yeah, I'm born free out here. I want to be, like, the freest man I can be. Which is crazy since I'm in New York City. My wife's like, why don't we leave? I'm like, uh, it's almost a miracle for me to be free in a place place that's so constrictive yeah like you ever go to the zoo and the pigeons live in the zoo
0: <laughs> right yes <The> zoo don't
1: <laughs> own those pigeons
0: no right
1: i could but go they... to the zoo if i want
0: yeah so that's how Z. i feel you're a pigeon
1: <laughs> i'm like yeah i'm like i don't need to be I, i'm at the zoo hanging out taking advantage of those resources <clears> if i want yeah but i'm not staying here you don't have no strings on me i'm not a zoo bird yeah i don't and and like trying to just be a little more in touch with my wilder nature makes me feel free. I mean, really, if I think about it, what, what is our society becoming like a massive zoo? Everyone gets your medical treatment, right? When you go to the zoo, the lion at the zoo doesn't have a choice to get vaccinated or not. My dog is an adoptable shelter pet. You know what that means? She's has no will of her own. And she's been every medical treatment that they tell her to do, she has to do. So like my dog, I go to bring it to the kennel in Dollywood. They have to make sure she has her her rabies vaccine. Right. They check her, her thing and whatever my dog thinks she wants to do. She can't because I control her. And I, and I don't want to be that to the government. I'm not your dog.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: A wolf doesn't do that.
0: Yeah. Right. Exactly. And that's, and that's, the, the thing, though, there's a, a whole segment of society like you and like me. Um, lots of people coming out now. You know, F- people have completely said, you know what? This is it. I'm fed up. They're 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 saying I'm not a dog. I'm a wolf. Leave me the F alone. So, I mean, this whole thing is overriding our society like bonkers. It's bananas now.
1: And listen, I understand that there are diseases deadly ones and people die of them Mm -hmm. and it's unfortunate but i would never want to resurrect all the dead and bring them back how would that look right Uh, you want an extra 100 billion people here i don't know yeah you know think about yeah all the people you love will be here and also all the people you've hated
0: (laughs) yes you know what
1: i mean so do we want to stop death this is a silly thing do I want to improve life? Yes. So why don't we study the people that have done the best against these ailments, but instead we focus on the worst, the 2% that die in the yeah. hospital. Right. I don't want to focus on that. Why don't we study? And so we study that. That's what the medical field loves to study. That 2%. This virus, they study studying this, I want to study this. Okay. Well, let's look at the healthiest people. Let's look at the people that recovered. Let's look at all these things. And then we can make a rational decision about what we want societally from a few resources. Right now, we have a medical tyranny. The medical industry, and really very few of them, because they fire nurses who are also medical professionals if they choose not to do something. I thought they were medical professionals. are. Are they also experts? But a quarter of the experts are wrong. Interesting, because history usually proves the opposite—that the majority of the experts choose, seem to be wrong. That's what history proves. Yeah, so, right. Galileo is a heretic. He, t- yeah, <laughs> all yeah. All the people that are right there, oh, uh, but the experts. Oh, you don't trust the experts? Mm. Oh, well, we'll kill you if you don't recant. <laughs> right. So, right, that's the equivalent. I could easily see myself. Uh, on tv and they'll be like if you just say you were wrong and that vaccines work you'll be okay manimal but if not we'll fucking kill you yeah hopefully i die before i gets to that point but you know this is easily where you can see it the person that isn't the minority that's often proven to be correct is first vilified until his point is proven right and during that time it's very stressful and yeah. that's the time I feel like I'm going through right now. Yeah, stressful period.
0: Yeah, all where of the us.
1: minority is is persecuted relentlessly. I'm in New York City. You're in Jersey, right? Yeah. So very similar in Jersey. I mean, New York City the worst, of course, because of the draconic mandate. You know, I can't go get a hamburger. Yep. Right. You're not. A, you have to show a card, right? I can't. I'm, I can't go anywhere. My wife either. My parents also have not gotten vaccinated. So it's like really weird, right? But but you know what a lot of places did? So I live in the ghetto. And in the ghetto, you know, it's not like... uh, (laughs) It's an issue here, right? That's why they're always trying to pander to minorities on the commercials. Right? Because, you know, they're very wary, especially my neighborhood's very Haitian. And they're very wary about government fuckery. Because they lived in a country with endless government fuckery. I mean, think about it. We... Not we, not me, but there was a lot of Americans in the group that killed the Haitian president who was against vaccination. Yeah, And right. four presidents of sovereign nations have been killed if they were anti-vax. W- who were the other three? The president of Tanzania, who, by the way, has a PhD in molecular biology. Hmm. But he's a kook. But, yeah, he's, yeah. A kook. but he's a kook. He's a kook. Even though he said he's like, listen, I'm not saying vaccines don't work. I'm just saying we don't need them all.
0: That's all he said. And he was
1: like, I don't need them for my country right now either. Right. He was like, we good, <laughs> you know? And they were like, oh no, you dead. So they're like, you go along with the agenda, or we fucking kill you. President Haiti, President Tanzania, the president of Madagascar, and then they tried the other, the new president of Madagascar, but unsuccessful. So, the, so, so they killed the
0: the the guy from Madagascar replaced them with a, a new guy. I got to check it, but I it, know they
1: made several attempts in Madagascar. And I do think I'm a hundred percent sure the president of Tanzania and the president of Haiti. Yeah. No, uh, I the heard president of Madagascar. I know there were attempts on his life. I think that there was one that I think there is some fuckery there. I'll have to review it after the show, but it was definitely an attempt on the current president of Madagascar's life. And I think, this, I'm not 100%. The three things I just said, 100%. Yeah. This, 50%. I think the previous one was also targeted. So, I mean, if you can't, it's like, wow. And think about yeah, all that's... the money you make off this vaccination. Yeah. It's... Now, I'm also not saying vaccines don't work. I, uh, I'm very low buy in to the medical field personally. Yeah. I had this shoulder reconstructed twice. And I think. Uh, the medical field is very adept at trauma. If I break my leg in a car accident, please take me to the hospital.
0: All
1: right, right. Uh, if I have some weird disease and you're uncertain where it came from, please don't fuck with me. <laughs> you know, that, it's just how I feel personally. So I only have—I was born in 1981. As an adult, I only took, I used to work for a blacksmith and we would get a tetanus shot. So other than the MMMR, that's what I had as a kid. One vaccine. Really, I think it was for three things. It was like yeah. three vaccines. Yeah. Measles, mumps, rubella. Right. So I had that as a child. After that, the only thing I ever got was a tetanus shot. And let me tell you, I worked around blacksmiths for a decade. And they all would get them frequently, right? Because you're always getting cut with metal. Yes,
0: and... right. Yeah, okay. I think tetanus shots is um, the one thing I've taken the most of.
1: Okay, okay. And I and I looked, and no one told me you have to take this. They were like, you should. Yes. And if I said no, you know what they told me? Okay, you should yeah. take this. Listen, we're working around metal. You should take this. We've been taking this for 50 years. Yeah. Okay, I look at them. 50 years, all right, they're crazy, but fine. <laughs> Bring no, one, no, words where. no one forced me to take
0: it yeah no that's the problem it's the it's not pro-vax am, or or for-vax it's a it's um uh, the right to choose
1: and you know i've been out there protesting too we were in class action lawsuits i'm very active and i've been uh you know i mean this is the most active i've been politically in a while but uh yeah, I just, I believe in freedom and I have to back freedom wherever it stands. Like, I would love to see both sides of the medical freedom party get together. And they're not. Yeah. Like, I believe in medical freedom across the board. So like a woman's right to get an abortion. Like, yo, if I had another animal growing inside me, I want the right to, to take care of that any way I see fit, <laughs> and, you know? And I would probably, if, if you want to appease the ones that are like, it's a life, maybe set a term when it would live outside independently. So like, what's the earliest premature birth that, and then would probably five, six months, something like that. Yeah. And then if you want to set it there, I would set, I, I, if you do it yourself, if I don't have to pay for it, I don't care. You can chop your dick off. I don't give a shit.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? If right. I don't have
1: to pay for it, you can do whatever. want yeah. you, you right. You're novel, free care. to do what you want as long as it doesn't bother me. And And the problem with the other side is that they want to force me to do things I don't want to do. I'm not forcing you to do shit. Right. And they'll say, I might kill you. I'm like, you're fucking right. I might kill you if you don't shut the fuck up. Yeah. No, seriously. Like I'm a professional fighter. If I wanted to kill you, you'd be dead. Yeah. You you know what I mean? Against the regular human. Yeah. If I want to kill you, you'd be fucking dead. Yeah. That's it. So quick. You'd have no recourse. Okay. Or worse. I could name you for life. I could do that too if I want. Against the regular person, fucking two seconds, fucking break their neck and leave them. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. You know what I mean? You know what? I'll make this
0: deal right now with with you and the rest of the world. I will get the vaccine. I will follow your mandate. But you have to get in the ring with Manimal and last like a minute.
1: Three rounds. No, they gotta three fives with me. Fuck them. Because then I can string them out a little. All right, yeah, and then we could get this shit on pay-per-view. <laughs> oh, that'd be funny. Yeah. And then you get back, then you have to take four doses like it's Israel after. Yeah,
0: like all in one shot. Like arm, arm, like,
1: like like Bane they gotta put it in the backpack. <laughs> yeah. You know what I told someone? I was like, yeah, I was like, let's say that this thing made me a foot taller and made my dick six inches bigger. I still don't have to take it. Right. Yeah. You're <laughs> yeah. happy with who okay. you are, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Oh, so uh, I don't know where I was going with this, but I would like to see medical freedoms be combined. Like I want to support a woman's right to do what she wants to. Like if I was in Texas, I would be protesting also with, against that six-week abortion. I think it's a little draconian. Yeah. I'm against it. You know, like, I would also support that. Uh, legal. I, I also like the legalization of drugs. You know, I want to go into the store and buy an antibiotic myself. I don't want to have to go to the doctor. Right. Okay, let's say I have... I, I got a cut, and I want to be able to buy an antibiotic. Yeah. I don't want to have to fucking go to my doctor, pay a co-pay, have my insurance cover it. That... <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to go to urgent care and be around a bunch of sick people. Right. You just want to get I just want to, big bang boom, be done with it. Know, can I just go buy a fucking antibiotic, like in Mexico. Yeah, right. And when you go to Mexico, I buy the antibiotic off the counter. Yeah. Okay. What's wrong with that? You know, that's a medical freedom that we're denied here. Right. That we have all these ladies. So I'm I would love, and I don't know if anyone's into this, I, I believe in freedom. And when I say that, I have to mean it. I'm a man of principles. So I believe in everyone's freedom. So I would love to have a party where I back that. And medical freedom, I think, is where we should start. Because that's what's being assaulted now. Because the Texas thing, here, yeah, th- listen, I'm not a right... I've always been in the middle. It's only now in my life people call me right wing. I'm not. You know, it's just that you they they throw you on that side if you're yes. not on this side. Right. Because I like to have guns because I don't believe in gun control, right? Oh, you're right wing. Yeah, but I also believe in the right to have an abortion, which would normally be left wing and drug legalism I'm like, don't fucking throw. I have opinions. Yeah. I have fucking varied opinions. Right? Like, like a normal thinking person should be able to have opinions from different groups. Sure. Yeah. And not tire. So your I allegiance, like medical so- freedom. And what they're gonna try to do, watch if the Texas thing and the mandate stuff is all going to come together into a medical freedom issue. And if that loses, then it's going to look like the mental hospital everywhere you go. So I used to work in a mental hospital, Kings County. You know what you do every morning? You get online and take your drugs. Let me open your mouth. Yeah. Let me see. You swallowed your pills every morning. And if you get out of line, right? Every morning, oh, you better not act up. Right. Every morning, take your drugs. Yeah. Take your downer. I and mean, every, every, what well, you give them is downers. So you're you give sa- them their actual psychotic medicine. Yeah. You give them their whatever, and they all get a value. Why wouldn't you keep them docile? Right. That's what we're doing out here. That's what I don't want to see happen. And then, why are they focusing on the schools and the kids?
0: Because then,
1: mouth. and then you'll do that all the time in the school. You'll right. get them at the kids, take your medicine, boom. It'll be like, uh, I don't know if you ever read Brave New World.
0: I did. And yeah. also, uh, one flew over Cuckoo's Nest, I'm thinking, too.
1: Yeah, it would be like Brave New World, right? You'll genetically engineer everyone because they want to kind of kill the family. Uh, listen, no one has kids. Just make them in the lab. R- right. Yeah, You don't even know if you're a boy or a girl anyway. So. Right. right. Fuck with them right there. Why don't you take a puberty blocker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know what you are. You don't know what you are. Right. And then you'll just make the kid in the lab. Yeah, (laughs) this is the first. And the government will raise them. Don't worry, the government will raise them. The government raises kids. Yeah. Right, and that's you see, especially when like um, my wife's teacher, the vaccine van's there. Hold on, my dog's like dying over here. You okay, (laughs) live. Right, you all right? Oh. Okay. oh what the hell my dog just ate? Oh wow. I gotta teach my dog still doesn't know not to drink the beach water. I want to go run with her on the beach today, but she's always trying to drink that shit. I'm like, wow, uh, this is like the 20th it time is time we run here, like so salty. How
0: does the dog even must he, she must like salt? I, I, was in the, I was in the water the other day, and I accidentally swallowed uh, a mouthful of it, and it, I felt like my insides were getting destroyed by the salt. I was like, oh, my God, it's so oh,
1: salty. Yeah, yeah, like- it. like,
0: <laughs> yeah. Like when people are stranded out on a boat and they start going crazy, they actually start drinking that shit, and they're like, mm,
1: yeah. good. <laughs> this is delicious. Yeah. Like, wow. It's tough because really you need a still. Because you'd have to evaporate the water. You need a still and then condense it. And then you'd have clean water. A little tough to do. Maybe I should buy a still before everything shuts down.
0: That might be part of your uh, apocalypse uh, regime right there. The Bible kit? I mean, I have
1: a couple of water purification devices. But uh, (laughs) I'm not sure how good that's going to be with just the plain salt water. But if you grab a fresh water... It'll purify most fresh water. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm ready for the apocalypse out here. I'm, so, yeah, I'm but ready the, to go. I feel secure. I wait, feel
0: secure. you you are um, still at at it though. You're training though. and you're not oh, yeah. just giving okay. up on life, which you know, which is good. Oh, you I'm know, training. and, and I, I think that's what everybody's got to be doing. Everything, but so you, as far as your physical fitness is concerned, a question. You mentioned the the shoulder surgery two two surgeries and you do swing a mace and um you know you, i see you swinging heavy mace and everything has the mace actually contributed to shoulder health
1: i'm gonna take you back so i used to i'm like the forgotten ancestor of this style into. Two thousand seven. I used to, so I I always loved the mace and the clubs, all that stuff because I loved Indian wrestling in India. Yeah, and those guys always used that. And I remember seeing it on like, it wasn't even that geo at the time. It was probably like PBS dudes in India wrestling, and they dug a, a pit, right? And it, they had like this clay pit, and they had all these clubs that they used. So I always loved that. And uh, when I first started doing it, you really couldn't even. There weren't any clubs or maces. 2000 in the early 2000s then i used to make a product a power staff i called it in 2007 2008 it was essentially a base it looked like a club inside the weight moved so i had steel shot in there and i sold oh. a ton of that for like two years But then it became a problem to manufacture when uh the other one I don't like, Obama became president. Manufacturing became a problem in America, and I didn't want to make it in China. But like I said, I'm kind of a man of principles. It's annoying. Yeah. Because you f- over. Yeah. But I'm okay with that. I have to live with myself, and I have a certain way I'm built, and I'm okay with the way I'm built. I enjoy it. Yeah. You know, I could choose to do different things. I know that. But I don't really need to. For what? I've had all the money I wanted before, and it didn't make me feel good. It actually made me worse of a John a than I was. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm most, so I know myself very well now. So I know. And at that time, I also was starting to get know myself. So I did. Whatever. So I used to make this thing called the power staff. Let me take it back. So I used to make a thing called the power staff, which was a club with a weight in it that moved. And that is what I used to rehab my shoulder back to like 100%. Doing swings? So like, yeah. A lot of 360s, a uh, lot of wood choppers, single arm. I did a ton. So this arm. was after your surgery. You, you started doing it?
0: This yeah. is after your first surgery, or?
1: Oh, so they happened real close together. Oh, okay. So I got, I, hold on. So I heard a training wrestling, and I was like three weeks out from a fight that was kind of like contender series for the UFC. I was supposed to fight this kid, Joe Lazone, who Dana White was going to be at that fight, right? And then picked up Lazone after that. But I didn't get to that fight. They hurt my shoulder. Like three weeks out, and this is always the way it happens, right? It's like I did nine five minute rounds of training. It's a Sunday. I'm done. Guys, like, yo, let's do one more round. I'm like, no, nah, I'm yeah. good. And he's like, I was like, I can't do another five. Let's just do three. All right, fine. He's like, you're fighting. You're, you know, he reminds me of this fight I have, and I'm like, All right. and I'm, and I hurt my shoulder. Rip it out. I don't like the doctor, like I told you. I don't like the medical field. So for six months, I'm messing with this thing. It was like lethal weapon. It would come out, not go back in. I yeah. put it back in on the wall. Jesus. One day, I'm just doing like a push-up. And the thing comes out, won't go back in.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. So I go home, and have to train, and I go to sleep. I wake up in the morning, and the shoulder's still out. I call my boy. He's like, yo, I got the orthopedist for, like, the Mets. Right? Go to him. You, you know, if you're gonna go, I was like, listen, if I'm gonna go to someone, you know, I don't like the doctor. I gotta go, if I'm gonna go, I gotta go to the best guy. Don't fucking bullshit me out here, right? Go to the best guy, I go, it's like, I, I call him in the morning, I think it was, like, 9 a.m. And he's like, when did you do this? He's like, how, are, how early were you up? training i was like what do you mean i did this last night he's like and then what i was like i went to sleep he's like how <laughs> right. i was like i was fucking tired that's how why do you go to sleep i was like i said i deal with it in the morning he's like you gotta get this shit done like it's fuck- like you gotta get this done now yeah like not now he's like but you know we'll put you you gotta get this done soon yeah you know he's like how'd you sleep like this i was like just like a baby <laughs> oh fuck so <laughs> <laughs> like-, I'm like it's just an arm no big it's just an arm so (laughs) so he does the surgery I fucking tore the bicep all messed up right he put four anchors in it rescoped the bone but I messed it up it's still healing maybe a month after I get into a crazy car accident not my fault the shoulder rips out so I get hit and I'm driving with one hand just chilling no big deal I'm just driving in PA open road All of a sudden, a storm. I mean, out of nowhere, uh, whiteout. You know, snow. Just can't see shit. I mean, from nothing to white. And this has happened several times in Pennsylvania, in Greentown, where my my parents have a house there. It's not the first time I've seen this happen. It goes from, like, nice to uh, white. You can't see anything. Car comes out of the side, hits me, sends me into the divider. I'm in the middle. I'm going to go into oncoming traffic on the other side. I, now I have to use this hand. This hand comes out. I'm in the sling still, And I hit the gas and turn the car. Oh. And, she, and she goes and settles. And I don't fly into the intersection. But my shoulder came out. All Down that- there, four is sticking out. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Fuck. You know, and it's a blizzard. Four hours for the cops to come to tow us away. Oh my uh, God. Then uh, I think I, I didn't even go to the hospital. I think I just went, went straight back to, back to New York. <laughs> no, I think I went straight back to New York to my doctor. I think yeah. I was like, I'm just going straight back.
0: Yeah, the guy that saw the shit in there already, he knows what's up. I'm going to just go see I him like,
1: again. No, Don't take me to the hospital here. I was like, by right, time take me here, I'll get back to New York. We're two hours away. And then they had to do it again. Wow. And that was really bad. The second one. Like, you can ask my wife. I mean, I like, the anesthesia, I, I, I couldn't remember the, that week. <laughs> I don't really. know what happened that week. Yeah. Well, the next thing I remember, getting the surgery, my wife and my mom picking me up. And at the time, she wasn't my wife. It was my girlfriend. My wife and my girlfriend picking me up. And then I remember a week later, buttoning my shirt with one hand to get Chinese food. I don't know what happened in that week. (laughs) Probably there's a lot of couch time like this. I mean, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And I gained 20 pounds in that week. So it was probably a lot of eating Hagen dazs too. Yeah. You know, I could put weight on like that. I mean, so that's why I understand. Yeah. When when guys are like, it's hard to get in shape. I'm like, dude, after my shoulder surgery, I went from 155 to 215. Damn. In like six, seven months.
0: Yeah. And you can't, at that weight, you can't even really move or anything, right? You're like, I was
1: 265 when I first started training. And I, you know, thought I moved good because I didn't know what this is what I tell everyone. You don't know what you don't know. So someone that's like training, eating right, taking care of your body, and they don't do it, they're like, this person, yeah, whatever. They, They don't, it's too much work. But if you did it, you don't understand how good you would feel because you've never felt that good. Yeah. So even with taking any kind of medications, I ask people how they feel. And most people don't know their body at all. So they couldn't tell you how they feel. You could do anything to their body and they really couldn't tell you a difference. Yeah. It would take them a long time to notice. They're so disconnected. I'm very in tune with my body now. Yeah. And I couldn't have, if I told young John, young manimal, if I tried to be like 10 year old manimal, listen, Start working out now. You'll be 10 years ahead. You know, you don't understand how much better that would be for you. He'll be like, fuck you, I love hamburgers. <laughs> I he'll be like, well, yeah, little manimal was still a manimal. Even though he was not healthy Manimal, he was like the the Tasmanian devil. I would have kicked him. I would have kicked you in the leg. And then it'd, like your ear. <laughs> Give me my cheeseburger. Yeah, (laughs) I remember. My mom tortured me. She made me play baseball one year, and I'm not athletic, so I remember crying. I'm like, I don't want to go, and she kicked my ass and she made me go. She was like, she's old school time, She said, "But John, pay sixty five dollars for this. Yeah, you got to do it." I remember it being something like that, like sixty five bucks or something. And it was the tights. Remember when baseball, they started a tight, tight pants? Yeah. I was fat. I think I was like 200 pounds when I was 10. Ooh,
0: not good. I was fat. I was always yeah. the
1: fattest kid. And I'm crying. I don't want to go out there. And I remember that's how they would always, like, the, the coach would be like, yeah, we'll buy you, like, all the burger can you could eat if you get a hit. And I'm like, oh, I'm hitting that. <laughs> I'm like, because I'm a slow runner, so I got to hit that ball hard.
0: Yeah. You know? Did that work out? Did you did you whack one out of the park and they loaded you up with a bunch of cheeseburgers? <laughs> game bowl. Yeah, I got a game bowl too. Oh, I have my a game bowl. Yeah, is I
1: this
0: did okay? Is this gonna be in you said you're gonna have a documentary coming right? Is all oh, this so gonna winter, be in your documentary? Winter
1: 2021, uh winter twenty twenty one, the animal documentary. It's been a long time making it. So awesome. I had a CrossFit gym. It's mostly gonna be about my comeback from this particular incident. So I had a CrossFit gym for about five years, from 2012, from like February 2012 to August 2016. Probably the best years for CrossFit too. And I was popping. I mean, I had like 250 to 300 members, big spot on Northern Boulevard, the busiest spot in Queens. We were winning local competitions. I had a girl on a regional team that trained with us. And uh, listen, I was in New York City. I bit off a little more than I could chew. Like I said, I'm not a numbers guy. And even though I put a lot of energy into that, I made a ton of mistakes. My overhead was insane. I ran into a problem with the Department of Labor that became problematic and costly. I ran into some personal issues that became very costly. And long story short, you know, I got knocked out. I, uh, I wound up having to declare both a personal bankruptcy and a business bankruptcy, mm-hmm. which I'm still recovering from. You know, that was 2016 of August. Our bankruptcy got finalized in February 2017. Mm-hmm. And it's 2021, so only four years ago. So think about how fast I moved. Yeah. I went from being, and when I closed my gym, I was 207 pounds because I hadn't, I was stressed. I hadn't, I, yeah. even though I was trying to train, nothing was happening. Like I, my body was just like in survival mode. Like the last six months at my gym was probably the hardest because I was struggling so hard and trying to hold it together. So well in front of everyone that I remember announcing we were only going to be open another month. And everyone was like, what the fuck? The place is packed. Like, aren't you rich? Right. And I was like, well, I did do okay for four years. I was like, however, these last few months have been very difficult. I was like in New York City when the first expense is my rent at $12,000 a month. Then I have to clear thirty grand minimum to open my door. And if I dip below that, I lost money. And if you have a bad month or if I have to spend $90,000 to mitigate some legal endeavors, uh, you quickly become depleted. And I'm not a man of a lot of money. I do it on my own balls. It's not like I opened the gym with a million dollars. I opened with uh, just whatever I was able to save. I think maybe about 90 or 100 grand. And, uh, you know, put all my balls into it. And, uh, you know, I made a lot of mistakes when I was doing good. I made the number one mistake of getting my ego too involved, And it made me make a lot of errors. It made me act like a person that I'm not proud. Uh, It made me ruin relationships with people. And that I'm upset about doing it to this day, because I could have handled it so much different. Uh, now that I think about it, you know, there's so many things that would have made it a lot better situation. And I just couldn't see it at the time. You know, it was too close to the action, which is why I warn everyone, when you're too close to the action, you often are going to make mistakes. You will a little distance.
0: Yeah, you tunnel it. vision.
1: Yeah, and uh, and, you know, I just was out of business. And that month of August, you know, I really felt low. I had put my whole identity into this. I was like, I'm done fighting right now. I'm going to just coach. And I was a very good coach. Uh,
0: and excuse I, me though. But is that where your documentary starts at, at the, I mean, I'll
1: start a little back, but yeah, it's pretty much. Yeah.
0: Okay. I'm just trying to get the premise of how the documentary. So I'm goes.
1: trying to take you from the, the last couple, those five years. So it goes yeah. from me being bankrupt. Yeah. I mean I was sleeping in the back of my gym. I lost my house in the February of that year. Whose so gym were you from...
0: sleeping in? Yours? Modern. or? Okay. Yeah, I
1: was sleeping in mine first. Oof. No shower, because we're in New York City. No shower there. <laughs> yeah. You because know? so, to get the shower you need a physical culture permit. Whatever, that's a whole other problem. So New York's the worst. New York City's the worst. So whatever. So um so I was sleeping. In- the back of my gym then for a month i was sleeping in my car then i wound up somehow back in my parents basement i don't know what the, you know i was just huh, I, and I wanted to kill myself and that's where we really pick it up you know i remember being in the shower and i just put the blade on my throat and it just felt so good and i love the blade and i was like oh this would be like the universe loves irony and this would be a great irony you know uh and i'm very pious but towards the old ways right i, I don't know if you know And Odin came to me and was like, just imagine you are dead. And then do whatever the fuck you want. (laughs) He's like, am I a god of merchants? Am I a god of merchants or a god of warriors? God of warriors, yeah. Right, and I was like, fuck, I'm being a pussy. Yeah. I'm being a bitch here. I love that. Just be dead,
0: but act like you are dead, but don't be dead. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, all right, fine, you're dead. It's kind of like a superpower. All right. Now, what? Now I can do whatever the fuck I want. I already did die. I lost that guy. That guy died. I hope. (laughs) (laughs) So, but, but, you know, I, I, you know, don't get me wrong. There's a transformation of energy. But yeah, then since then, I was like, all right. I was like, shit, what do I want to do? I was like, well, I'd like to start training jujitsu again. So that was my, I was like, that's what made me fall in love with wanting to do everything. Right. Doing jujitsu, the art I love the most. I love MMA, I love fighting. But, but if I could tell you where do I want to take the fight on black ball and jujitsu, I know you're wrong. I love cracking the dude in the face and fucking them up, but I want to finish with a submission. Yeah. You know, I want to be like, check me bang, Right. So jujitsu made me have to put everything in perspective. I was like, if I want to be good at this, it's not going to be enough to just have skills. I have to be physical. and That's what made me pursue the training element. I'm like, it's not just enough to have technique. I can't be that fat dude who has technique. If you want to be a real killer, your body got to look like it. Right, The lion, right? The tiger in the fucking wild, they're not fat, right? So I'm like, you can't be out there fat, you know, thinking you're going to kick someone's ass. Maybe you will until you get tired in a minute. And then what? So that motivated all my training is the martial arts. So all my strength and conditioning work, all that shit, is really even doing CrossFit. That was so I could be in shape to fight. Right. Right? I started doing CrossFit when I was rehabbing my shoulder because I was like, I need something that I could go a little hard in without having to worry about getting my arm twisted. So I could go relatively hard in a CrossFit workout. I could never get my dick hard for that like I could for a fight because there's no threat. And guys can understand that. They're like, you got to go to a dark place. I was like, no, I don't. There's no one hitting me. I'm going to step away. I'm going to go hard, but I can never produce that intensity for CrossFit. It just didn't make sense to me because I came from a fighting background, but I it, loved CrossFit for conditioning. It yeah. made me in great shape. Yeah, It actually helped my body and it made me put on good muscle. Is that a thing
0: with fighters? Once you enter into that realm of fighting and I mean, that's a big deal. You're fighting against another man who's coming at you just as hard as you're coming at them. So does yeah. that warp or well, not warp, but that does that change your perception of what's intense, what yeah. considered extreme. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So here's dude, this dude over here, here who's swinging left. a kettlebell, like, yo, man, you gotta get extreme. And you're like, yo, man, last night I was getting punched in the face and I was kneeing him in his in his ear. And yeah.
1: <laughs> and you're just I fucking put kettlebell. my hand on his throat and fucking you know, and I'm like, <laughs> yo, the kettlebells is not breaking it out of me. And and weird stuff too. Like, I'll see someone like mangle their leg. And I'm like, all right, put your back against the wall. Yeah, just sit there. I'm going to get a pillow. Like, it makes me almost, like, unattached. I'm like, unless you get me to the fucking hobble. Oh, have you ever seen my heart rate variability? So I think this is a thing because of that. Like, I can go from zero, smoke my bowl, to rip your face off in one <laughs> second. Right? So not, I posted up my heart rate variability from on my woo. And it was like a 60 something. And one of my boys was like, wow, it's really good. He's like, and you're like 25% recovered. I'm like, dude, when I'm in fight camp, this thing is my heart rate variability is like a buck 60. And he's like, no way. I'm like, dude, I could go from almost dead to red line. Yeah. You know, I'm like, but it takes, you know, I'm not going to do it for the kettlebell. <laughs> right. right. It's, yeah, it's reserved for, no, one not 160. 134 is the highest I think i see seen the HRV. Yeah. And they got up to 134, you know, which is so that that would be that,
0: in a fight. It would be 134, 140, somewhere in that. Is that what you're saying?
1: No, no, that's the heart rate variability. Oh, okay. That means I can go that plus my base. Okay. So let's say my base heart rate is 65. Right. That means on a 134 day, I'm gonna pop 200.
0: Yeah. Okay. Way
1: over. T- I'll go over two hundred. Right.
0: right. And how do you, how do you feel when you're at that level? Do you just feel fine. like a, a, you've, you're a an animal? You're just yeah. You feel fine. Yeah. You, yeah. Feel fine. you don't yeah. feel like you're uh, uh, like your body is like about to blow apart. And chest... No, you
1: feel fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wish I could see what it is in an actual fight. I bet you it's nothing. I bet you the truth. Yeah. I bet you it's like a buck twenty. Yeah, because you're bet in the I'm zone. I'm so in the zone. Yeah. I bet I'm so in the zone. Except for the fight I lost at Bello to a first. Because I remember getting gassed from throwing, because I remember I got cut. And now I'm like, I can't see. So I was like, shit. I was like, I got to try to win. You know, I threw a fucking, I remember throwing like some bombs, like four bombs and being like, what?
0: I remember being like, all right,
1: those were four, that was four everythings. I was like, fuck, I'm tired. <laughs> Like I'm tired, fuck. I'm like, oh god. (laughs) So yeah, it depends on the energy output. It would be interesting to see what it was, but even like the two days before the fight, I take this off. I don't want to know.
0: Yeah, get it out of your head, right?
1: I don't don't want anything distracting me.
0: Yeah. Even like, I
1: don't even like to to look at the fights backstage when I'm about to fight because I don't want anything to influence me. And it's like, I, I remember I'm backstage, so, oh, so lost my jam, bankrupt, homeless, almost, almost killed myself. Odin turned the page for me, and I praised the gods every day. I told him, I, I, I was like, after this moment, I just do what the gods want me. That's it. I was like, whatever the universe wants me to do, I'll look out, I calm myself, I listen to the universe because you gotta shut the fuck up. I talk a lot to people but I shut the fuck up a lot with the universe. And so I try to do my best to listen to what it wants me to do. And I asked the gods to let me do the work you need me to do and give me the ability to do. Right. And that's made all the difference for me. So, so I started training jujitsu. I was like, let me just go back to training. I felt like shit. And I remember thinking to myself, you're a fucking black belt. How are you going to be out here now? Competing with these kids, these children, and they're fucking getting the better of you. I'm like, you should fucking be sick of yourself, man. And then I was like, all right, it's not going to happen in a day. And I took my time. And then I remember it was like the beginning of 2017 after my bankruptcy had settled. I was like, you know what? I kind of feel like I got something in the tank. And my wife is like, okay, whatever. She didn't think anything else. So February of that year, I called one of my best training friends and training partners that I had known for like 20 years, this guy Gabbert. He had a little crew of guys that were training. He had some kids, and I trust this guy. And I was like, listen, I want to start sparring, but I haven't sparred in like, you know, over five, six years, like hard with guys, good guys. And definitely having gone hard the last year, I was like, I want to spar MMA again. I'm, keep an eye on me. Let me know what you think. So I get my fucking ass kicked by his kid. And he busts my nose. First day, bloody nose. We did three two-minute rounds. And I was dead tired. It's a different conditioning. Right? Everything's different. I'm like, oh, fuck. So I was like, all right, listen. It's not going to get worse than it is today. This is the worst. Right? This is the first day. It's the worst. And I tell Vinny, I was like, listen, Vinny, I know today you, you kicked my ass. I was like, but in six months, we'll be fucking dogging you. And he left. He's like, all right. So then six months later, it's like August-ish, and we had a great three fives we did. He's like, oh, shit. He's like, I thought you were just some crazy old man. He's like, you're just, you are, but you could fucking fight You're like, all right. I, I, I tell my manager, I was like, listen, I want to do something. He's like, all right, let's see if we could get you on a local car. You know, all right. He's like, okay, I'll, I know what I'm looking for. You're I would think I was 38 at the time. He's like, all right, 37. 37, I was 37. We we're trying to get the King of the Cage fight. is having a fight at Mohegan Sun. They needed someone to fight one of their up-and-coming guys at 155, which is the weight the class I always used to do because there was no other weight class. That was the lightest. And then I realized when we got there, that the game had changed as far as weight cutting went because this dude was massive. And yo, even that fight, I could have won. I tell my wife, listen, I got to fight for Bellator. She's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was like, no, no, I'm fucking serious. I got the contract. I was like, but you're 50% of my team. I'm not going to do this unless you got my back. So she thinks about it and she's like, yeah, whatever. We got good health coverage. Fuck it. That's about as hype as my wife gets. All right, she's she's practical.
0: She's on on a level.
1: She was like, she's thinking about it. You know, she's a New York City school teacher, great insurance. She's like, all right, well, she's like, if you die, you won't know. She's like, and anything else, we got great health coverage. So fuck it, go for it. And I have it, yo. So the first like second, this kid kicks me in the arm and breaks my elbow. But I don't notice. But I picked up his timing. He throws it again. And this is a kid who's been wrestling since he's like six years old. 25 year old kid. Great, you know. I fucking take him down. Now I'm on top of him. And he's like, holy shit, what the fuck's going on here? And I got cocky. And Odin told me that I would. And I didn't believe him because I prayed the night before. I was like, I swear, I'll be humble. And he was like, I know you, Manimal. No, you won't be. I was like, no, no, I promise. I'll show you. And I did show him. I showed him. He was right. I was like, fuck. Dude, I'm on top. And I'm like, man, Manimal. I'm fucking hitting this kid. I'm like, man, Manimal. You are so fucking good. I'm like, and I'm watching myself. when I watch it, I'm thinking to myself, I'm seeing myself hitting him like this. I'm a the I was like, oh, man, Manimal. You are so fucking good. I'm like, you're going to finish this fight. And I'm on top of this kid, like 30 seconds. And I, I just, I, I was way overconfident. And, and we wound up getting reversed. Then we get, then I get caught. Then it starts going south. <laughs> and then, you know, that was that. So uh, I'm in the back and my wife is like, did you get that out of your system? And I was like, actually, no, I think I should drop to 145 and go again. So we go to the hospital, I get stitched up, I heal up, and I was supposed to fight in like February, and that doesn't come through of, of uh the 2019. So that doesn't come through. Uh the guy pulled out like the day before the way, the day of the way, the day before the weight. I'm already cut. The would will be right after. I make the weight just to make it 145. I dropped the weight class. But no fight. All right. Now i essentially been in camp for like nine months. It's April. I get the call to fight at Madison Square Garden. Right. And that's always been my dream. Right. And I considered that like my destiny because I would have never got to fight at the garden if I didn't have that layoff because I would have been fighting that whole time. I would have been retired. All my friends that fought together with me in the beginning Retired in like 2013. It's a 10, 15 year career at this point already, right? But because of that layoff, remember, MMA was illegal in New York until 2016. Okay, right. So you couldn't fight professionally in New York at Madison Square Garden, the world's most famous arena, the thing I've always wanted to do in my whole fucking life, if I didn't have that layoff. So when that came about, I was like, man, I got to go turn it up to 11. And uh, and in three years, I went from being bankrupt and homeless, almost killed myself, to being victorious at Madison Square Garden, my homeland, in front of 20,000 people.
0: That's fantastic.
1: And it just made it all make sense to me at that point. And I would would have never understand everything I had to go to with the shoulder injury, yeah. the gym, the bankruptcy to get me to the point to realize a dream I had since a little kid. Yes. I remember right. going to see wrestling. I remember going to see WWE and you see my personality. I love wrestling. Like I love real fighting for that, but my showmanship is all pro wrestling. Yeah. And then when it comes time to like the fight, the fight's real anyway. So I might as well shout. And I get that from one of my friends that passed away when I was in my early 20s was an actor Juilliard. my friend Eddie Scribner. And he was a drama major. So whenever I think about showmanship, I think about him. And then I show big. And I show real big out there. So, you know, I'm thinking about everything. When I back up from it, it, then it all made sense. And I asked Odin about the things that are happening now in my life And he said a very similar thing. He's like, it's not going to make sense until it does. So I'm not really stressing about all the chaos right now. He's like, it's not going to make sense until it does. Right. That's
0: that's that's life, man. That's the way it works. You could do that a hundred times in your life, too, because there's always going to be new set points, new new points in your life where you're going to turn around and go, oh, now this makes sense. Okay, that's how I got here. But every time that happens you start to look to the future with a different level of positivity because you start to trust that process. And that's where wisdom comes in. So you got you, you get wise from getting the shit kicked out of you basically through life. So your, your documentary starts where you're down and out and takes, takes us all the way to Madison square garden. So we're going to be seeing video of the fight. Or are we just going to be seeing the
1: fight? Yeah. I do know. I'm going to use the whole fight. You know why? Because there's something else that I'm against. And I would love to have a public challenge over this. The right of the individual to co-own his own image. And this is something that I'm... So so what happens in fighting? Let's say uh, I am in the UFC. Bellator is a little better about letting you put some clips out without busting your balls too much. But like a company like UFC or like movies, they own your image, right? You can't use it. It's me. I should always be able to co-own my own image. So this is something I'm fighting against in just regular life. It's a freedom thing. Yeah. You own it. You can't own me. Right. I'm not a fucking slave. You can't own my image. You know, like Dave Chappelle, he can't call a show the Dave Chappelle show because Comedy Central owns the Dave Chappelle show. Right. Well, fuck you, motherfucker. That's me. You can't own me. right? We could co-own it because I understand you put production value into it. I understand. I'm not saying I have, I have to have sole ownership of me, but you can't have sole ownership of me. Yeah, right. How could you have fucking sole ownership of and me? And you don't get anything, right. Yeah. No, no motherfucker. So I would love for the parent company, what is it, Showtime, Viacom, to publicly war with me if they don't like it. Yeah, like, let's do it. That'll be awesome. Nothing would be better. Yeah, because fuck them. It's my fucking image. They didn't get punched in the face. I get fucking punched in the face. Right. They didn't cut fucking seventeen pounds in a day. I lost seventeen pounds in a day to make weight. They didn't have to fucking step on the scale naked with their shriveled dick. I did to make the <laughs> fucking weight. All right? They didn't like fucking pull this muscle in their elbow. They didn't break their elbow. They didn't cut their fucking eye. Fuck them. I should. I'm not even saying I want soul on the shit. Just call the shit. Yeah. Is I, that that's, not fair? No. That, if you say I it's not fair, right? Is this not fair? So this is something I'm very against. And I told one of my boys, and he was like, you should fight for that. He's like, I like what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck them. They wanted yeah. to like own your soul. Fuck you. Oh, my yeah, I soul. agree. I'm a free so, man.
0: Wh- how is this documentary going to be released?
1: That's a good question. So I'm. This is the first time I'm ever doing something like this. And uh, I met. I was in Austin at the Steel Mace cert On it.
0: Yeah.
1: I met a guy doing some film there at the. At on it, I told him my story. He was like, "That's a great fucking story." So we 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 started taping it, but then COVID. Yeah. And I delayed the fuck out of it. So we just were able to wrap up, to wrap it up in the summer. This summer, right? New York opened back up. I said, yo, we got to come finish. You got to come wrap it up now. Yeah, right. Like, you, you don't know. It might shut down. international national travel. So we finished it in the summer. We're editing it now. We'll be done with it, you know, probably by December to come out. And there's a few avenues. If anyone out there has any suggestions. Now, I'm, I want to make sure that I have... The rights to it too. I don't want someone to take ours. So we want me and, and the producer, you know, we're in this together. We decided to make this a joint effort to, to try to put this thing into the world. I want to inspire people. I mean, I almost killed myself. Like I was there with the blade. I cut my, you know, I'm ready. I was ready to go. And I know a lot of people have been through that. And my, and one of my best friends, my friend Gabbert, who I told you got me back in the week of my fucking fight, killed himself. And a guy who believed in me, this hurts. A guy that Jesus. believed in me so much didn't believe in himself. And I'm like, fuck, this guy, I, you know, never put me down either. He could have told me I sucked and been like, no, this guy never put me fucking down. You know, and he was struggling, and I know that. And we had talked about it. And I was like, bro, just take another day. You see, you know, but you know, I still believe in my ability to inspire others. And I really, you know, I fought that fight for him a lot too, for for Gabbert. Because, uh, you know, I I was in another dimension. I mean, I heard him in the fight. You know, I'm I'm out there in the world, in the other worlds. And it was tough. You know, there's a code we used to use. Midwest is a code word for when you hit body, body, head. And in the fight, I heard him saying it. You know, and I'm doing it. And, you know, I'm in touch with the world of the dead. My God that I worship, Odin, is also a God of life and death. Right, he has a whole crew of undead warriors. The Einherjar, who wait every day until Ragnarok, until the apocalypse, to come do battle here again. And I like to think we're soon. But uh, if I don't see Gabbard in Valhalla, I might see him here again to fight. So we'll see how the universe plays that out. But <laughs> well, that sounds crazy. Spiritually, it makes sense because he was here to fight. Right by my side at the garden. He always had problems with transportation, so in the spirit, no problems with it. So he was able to be there without issue.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there you go.
1: There was no restriction in the spirit, because sometimes he would have restriction in the flesh. Yeah. Uh, so in the spirit, yeah, because he's the type, the first type one diabetic I ever knew too. So he could never make a weight class. He would have to fight at the weight he walked around at. Right. Which yeah. you never do and even then was fucking, yo, what great fights. I mean, he was fighting really three weight classes above what a guy would fight if he could cut weight, but he couldn't cut weight because he was a fucking type 1 diabetic, Yeah, and we had no science back in the day, like, how to do that. I don't even think you could really do it now.
0: Yeah, right. It's you, you weight as a type
1: yeah. 1 diabetic is going to be problematic. Yeah. I remember even, yeah, so he really would have been a 155-pound fighter, and he fought at 85, and he was still yeah. fucking kicking guys' ass you know so whatever so and that that really man i'm my last sparring so you do your last sparring about a week out from the fight the day he killed himself was my last sparring session Wow! your last three hard rounds yeah so i go to take a shit pull my phone up and i just see a picture of him and my boy who i first started sparring with Vinny from a fight with like a broken heart emoji and I just turned it over and I put it away. I didn't read anything. I don't, I don't even want to know what this is. I thought maybe he got hurt, car accident, something like that. I spar my fucking rounds. Boom. I go back and I'm like, dude, what the fuck? How'd he die? And my, and he shot himself in front of not the gym I was sparring at. Oh, I don't know if we should put this in, but he, he had, fuck. I It's kind of personal, but whatever, how he killed himself was, was bad. And, um, in public, in a public setting. It was really bad. And we all, the whole gym got shook by it. And then the next day, the day of the weigh-in, we, his week was at my weigh-in day. So I went, cut my 17 pounds, weighed in, and then went to the weekend night. Everyone's like, man, a aren't you fighting tomorrow? I was like, yeah, but it's my fucking boy. Like, yeah. I got to, you know, and it was like 10.30 at night. My wife was like, yo, we got an hour drive back home. We got to, like, all right, fine. And, uh. You know, and I, and thank the gods that I was made, able to make him proud. I mean, I would have liked to finish, but I made him proud. You know, we we did what we had to do out there. He'd only trained for the fight before that, and that fight too. So that's that's so an amazing points. story.
0: I, know. I mean, you know, it, it's 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 a lot to take in. So I, I guess the the documentary really like just lays it all out. And um, who so the who's producing it? Can you say who's producing? I don't know
1: it? if you know Jake Fine. He I don't know. He was were you at the you were at the on it. did we do the May cert?
0: I wasn't there. But Jake Fine, isn't is um, isn't he involved with Danny Cola? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yes. I met him through him. Yeah. I, I know. Yes, I
0: met them in Chicago when I went out to take one of Danny Cola's certs. Nice. Uh, I gotta go
1: drive out to Danny's new spot. Actually, that guy yeah.
0: is good, man. You got go like Danny. Yeah. Well, Jake, um, I was actually. Oh, Jake's really. Danny's good, Danny's, yeah. Danny's that good too. Is, that
1: kid
0: is talented. Yes, yes, he's, he's talented. very talented. He did that documentary he did with some his great first football school. Yes, his his school baseball. football, and you could see he knows how to. He knows how to do it. So, wow that that's gonna be a so, good documentary. So, let me ask you. Um, you got the documentary coming out so how should people connect with you right now so that they don't miss this when it comes out
1: I mean really the best for me is Instagram at animal John on Instagram I don't know if there's any other platforms I should get involved in because Instagram is tough on censorship really I only post fitness content now there because they shadow banned me when I put up anything that was scientific Fred listen hold on this is all I said on the gram and they shadow banned me for this I have a clip I don't know if you've seen it where I'm like I have a degree in psychology right in psychology like in other disciplines we do experiments and there's a certain protocol for experiments you have a group that gets whatever the treatment is you have a placebo group and you have a control group and all I ask was who was the control group? And then I asked, how could you have a placebo group that you then give the drug to? Right. I asked a question. Yeah. And I wanted someone to give me an answer. But no one did. Instead, you got shadow banned. Yeah. I'm actually a seeker of knowledge. I want an answer to my question. I want someone fucking explain it to me. If you're a good teacher, you should be able to explain it to me. Yeah, that's... I'm an instructor, right? I instruct, like, I teach jujitsu, right? And, mar- and martial arts and fitness. And if someone's like, "How do I do this?" I explain it to them. And if they struggle, you know what I do? I continue to explain it to them. And when they're not getting it, you know, what we do we try it a different way.
0: Yeah, maybe okay. maybe go get another instructor to explain it. Something, that's... anything, it's anything, but you do happen.
1: But even I might get another. I don't just tell him you're fucking stupid,
0: right? And just do I not, just why? do what He's I said. He
1: doesn't understand it. Yeah. So do what I say. Yeah. So he doesn't understand it. So I need someone to explain this to me. Now, and no you, one want to explain it. Explain right. it to me. Make it make sense to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Basically, you know, if you want to do your thing on on Instagram or anything on so- so social media, your fitness stuff, you can't you can't do the two. I've been guilty yeah. of the same thing, and I've Right now, I can't even upload a long video. I don't know if that's a new thing that they're doing. Uh, but I, that's why I started a whole separate podcast, the Freedom Variant, just to talk about that stuff, which this podcast could actually be on both of my podcasts because we talked yeah, about put them on both. a little bit of both. I think I'm going to do that. Yeah, so yeah. we're going to wrap it up. It's been it's been a bit, but um, let's let's hear how people okay so manimal john yes. so just
1: instagram. follow me manimal john on instagram off that instagram maybe you know I might want to just kick it old school start doing a weekly newsletter again and develop an email list yeah you have a website right or uh, it... i'm in between websites oh, okay. right now but at there's a, john, a link right now the manimal zone uh, is on my yes on my iTunes there's a link tree there yeah i'm in between websites right now cuz i'm trying to figure out what i want to do with my coaching, yeah, like with my online coaching. So, I think I might turn you know what? We've been doing the 21 day sprint, I'm gonna just start turning that into a monthly thing, yeah. So, people Maybe can contact you for that, yeah. Contact me for that. We'll shoot up you a DM, trip. shoot me a DM at Manimal John. I'm very responsive. I want to start another one up October 1st. So, if anyone's interested, we'll do another 21 day sprint October 1st. And that's and what gonna- I'd probably like to do. Is do a month of coaching. So one week to start, three weeks of it, and then every month we could probably cycle it that way.
0: Right. At the very That's least, the 21 day sprint, you're gonna help people lose weight and you're gonna help them get into like some kind of shape for whatever it is they need to get shape for.
1: I'm gonna give them a foundation in that time and give them some skills that they can translate into anything they wanna do afterwards. So I'm gonna teach them how to use body weight a lot of mace workouts. I love martial arts. So we do combos just on a heavy bag or shadow boxing. And it just makes you feel good. Moving your body through martial arts, everyone could throw a punch. Even the fattest dude, look, I'm on my couch, right? I can throw punches, (laughs) right? So I used to have a guy that I trained that uh, had had a stroke and he was in his eighties. And yo, we would just box from the bed and he got good results from it. You yeah. know what I mean? So those it's type movement, of movements, yeah. you don't have to squat. If I try to get a guy to squat who's been sitting at his desk all day, it's going to be difficult. Yeah, definitely. For so most people can move their arms. So yes. I can start you like that, boom, and we can start start moving that way. So yeah. I like martial arts because everybody can fight. Like, yeah. not can fight, but everyone can do fighting skills because our bodies are built for it. Yeah, would you, you say... You you take two little kids, what do they start doing? You know... I see my nephews, when they're kids, they fight, they wrestle, right? It's in our DNA. Not right. everyone, but right? i say most of us do, especially guys. Yeah. Listen, I train mostly guys here. Who's my program for? It's for guys over 40, right? I've been working with the strong coach guys, and those guys are great. And they said, be clear on my offer. So I have a clear offer. I take guys over 40 that haven't worked out in forever. In 21 days, I get them in savage shape, right? Nice. I take guys over 40 and turn them into savages in 21 days, even if you haven't worked out.
0: That's awesome. I mean, you're talking three weeks to go from whatever, a lump, (laughs) to a savage. Lump to savage in three weeks. That's People got (laughs) to take you up on that offer because who doesn't want to be a savage? I mean, that's awesome. And I think that's great that you're going to
1: show them some steel mace stuff too. So I love the mace. Everyone could use the mace too. That's another thing that I'm like, it's this a one fighting tool, thing. It's a You could use it for strikes, right? But even just use it, I could teach someone how to do all their barbell moves with it. Yes. Right. So let's say I want to teach you how to deadlift. Before I put you on the barbell, we could do it with the mace for a while. Right. And then when I want to load the barbell up, you have a little bit better form. I almost wish I would have did more of that at my CrossFit gym, but my head was in a different place. And I and want I'm to just go to... Yeah. I just want to point out that you said
0: you went to Austin to get your steel mace certification. Uh, that's the steel mace flow. And what you're learning is how to use your body maximally. So, um, it sound it might sound funny to some people right now as you're saying, Oh, I could teach somebody how to deadlift with a, with a mace, but what you're going to teach them is how to actually break the bar and hold it a certain way be in good positions. and be in a good position. And if they haven't done much lately and they're kind of just sitting there when they train that way, the way that you're going to show them, it's actually going to fatigue their muscles in a way that they've never experienced before. That's, what's so amazing about that training. It reminds us to put everything we can into just bending that bar, or breaking the bar and, and being mindful of our position. So you got the certificate so you could, show people that and you went there and you actually trained with leo savage who i mean is a top notch
1: we yeah. hung out with leo afterwards too got to chill great guy yeah you know, i brought the party with me i'm, I'm a sure little is. more outgoing than most people should i say <laughs> so when we go to the bar and i'm in my leopard print shirt i bring yeah. attention i, I know, i'm out there to show
0: I saw that. I saw those pictures. That's still how I picture you all the time. Like before we kicked off this podcast, I was like, the guy's probably going to be wearing his leopard print. Let's find Me out. Too. But of course, you weren't. I was a little disappointed, but it's all right. We'll leave that. No, today, rest.
1: America. Hold on. This is my America shoe. Sure. My red, white, and blue little Captain America style. All nah, right. There you go. Now, today, I'm feeling very American. <laughs>
0: Nice man, you asked. are, you are, and uh, keep doing the other stuff you're doing, bro. The um, all right, right. so yeah,
1: documentary coming out soon. Follow me on Instagram at @manimaljohn. John. Uh, I'm probably going to be in New York for a while. If anyone wants training, I, I offer online training also. Yeah. And then yeah. October 1st, we'll start a brand new Savage Sprint. If you're interested, I'll probably take eight people through it. I don't really want to, I'm going to put it up online but I'm not going to personally coach. Like if you, if you want to DM me, I'll do the Savage Sprint with some coaching right now. I'm just putting it out there. I'm not actually doing this with someone. Yeah. One-on-one coaching. So I'll offer it for like eight people that are interested if they want to DM me and then I'll give them like weekly coaching also along with it. All right. That's and if great. you want to just follow along again, follow along again, we'll do it again.
0: Yeah, and um, you know, that's and everybody just follow them on Instagram and check out the um the Manimal Zone podcast and follow them there because I'm sure once you have the documentary coming out, you're gonna be talking more about that. So that's a good way for people to just keep keep you on the radar by following uh just click follow, follow the podcast, and then you'll see it pop up on your radar, like, oh look john's talking about that that documentary okay let me let me tune in on that so that's a good way just do it right now click in and get with it
1: the last podcast i did was all conspiracies too so it's good
0: oh uh, yeah the, i mean we're gonna have to cut you're you're gonna have to come back do another i know one i already just... gotta go I'm yeah got... <laughs> all right man Yeah, gotta
1: get out of here all right awesome talking to you i appreciate it
0: yeah i appreciate Peace it sabers, know, my friends yeah you too Take care, man.